Welcome to the Enzo Podcast. My name is Marcus Fry, CEO and founder of this amazing organization. Uh, excited about today's episode where I have my good friend, Maisha, who's joined us today. Um, I think everyone's going to really, really enjoy this conversation. So let's go ahead and get started. Maisha, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Maisha Gaynor. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist here in the state of California. I own my own practice. It is Elevate Therapy. That's Elevate with two L's. Um, I am a virtual therapist as of now, and I'm just happy to be here to talk about mental health. I'm always trying to elevate <laughs> mental health. <laughs> no, without a doubt, which was the reason why I wanted you to just join us on this podcast. I remember when we first met almost like a year ago now, yeah. uh, out and about in the streets of LA, and um, just thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. You were someone that stuck out to me immediately. Uh, Laker diehard, Kobe diehard. All the way. You know, All we the better way. get into that a little bit. <laughs> um, but I also, it was great to also see a black woman in this space. Um, you know, I think uh, as black, as a black male in the black community, from a, you know, friends, family, mm -hmm. um, corporate environment, entrepreneurship environment, there's so many things that go into our history that just does not get talked about. Exactly. And uh, which is why we are here today. Yes. Um, and, and not even just people that are just from our community. I think the conversations that we'll have today will definitely be beneficial to everybody. True. Uh, we are living in times today where regardless if people want to admit it or not, we have more in common than what people realize. Um, especially as we continue to become more global, mm -hmm. uh, are more acceptable to other people's perspectives and thoughts and ideas, which is exciting. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, first question to you is how did you get started into this such of a unique space? Well, I've always had a passion of helping others. Um, my role in the family growing up was the peacemaker, the okay. mediator, um, kind of by default. You know, I definitely didn't sign up for it, but uh, <laughs> as I grew older, I realized I played that role with my friends as well. And I get to college and realize a little too late that I wanted to be a forensic psychologist. Um, so my bachelor's is in criminal justice, and so I wanted to play in that arena of understanding the mind. Um, why do you want to be a criminal? Why do you think and behave and move the way that you do? But um, that kind of insight came a little late, and I was ready to graduate and move on. I had a prior career. I used to work for the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Um, and Things you learn in the podcast. <laughs> And while I was there, again, helping. So the core of everything that I do is helping others. And so I realized my help looked a little different on that side, if you know what I mean. And so while I was there, I decided to go back to school and get my master's in psychology. And from it's, I've been going ever since. Now, I know you're from LA, but where in LA are you from? Actually, this neighbor, this part of town, I grew up not too far on Crescent Heights. I went to Carthay, um, which is on Olympic, and um, the Lamert Park area. So a little bit of west side and south side. So. You got a little, 
little bit of the all the good world. I am a true LA girl all the way. So yeah, it's so funny because when I meet LA natives, the the amount of pride into their own city. uh, Obviously, so many people move here, but it's fun to meet LA natives, and they're just like, "Let me show you the real LA." Let me show you the real LA. Yeah, and then you meet a Laker diehard, and it's just off to the races. I I came out, you know, during Showtime. That was my era. So I start with Magic Johnson, you know, and after Magic, it is. The great Kobe Bryant. <laughs> the greatest. The, the greatest. I absolutely love it. And so once you got done with your master's degree, what was that transition like for you? Because I remember when I completed my master's degree, there's like this interesting period of like, all right, what do I do next? Because you just go right into such a rabbit hole of like getting school done. I don't know yeah. if you went to, uh, if you did master's full time or you worked at the same time, but I was working during my master's degree. So like, I was just like, I unfortunately just blocked out the entire world and just truly focused on school. So what was that transition like for you, uh, to get to your own practice once you finished your degree? Oh, it was definitely a journey. Uh, I was working, so I worked um, basically eight to four, and I went to school seven to 10. And so life was, it was, I was going, you know, when I look back or when I share that story, it's like, wow, you know, I was really proud of myself. And what I tell my clients is always taking them back to be able to applaud yourself and say, hey, I did that. When you're in it, though, we don't realize it. It's just we're going, you know. So it was hard to, um, if I'm being transparent, leave the county because that's great money. That was security. That was my security blanket. And so now shifting over, not only was it a pay cut, it's a whole nother world that I'm going into. So um, my sorority sister was working for this nonprofit who's awesome. Go ahead and say it. Okay. Oh, let me look in the camera and I say this. (laughs) I am a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. And so one of my great uh, sorority sisters was working with this nonprofit, doing the same thing, work the same degree as me, and brought me on, um, which is always good to have that connection and really supporting and pulling each other up. And so I was working for a nonprofit in um, Watts. We covered the Watts, Compton, South Central area, working with uh, teens and families. And so for my degree... um, it's helpful if you are licensed. So during that time, so this was now um, about 2010, I was gathering my hours. So you have to get 3,000 hours before you can sit, take your license exam. I did that, locked myself down for nine months, passed the exam on the first time, I must say, it's two parts. So cheers to that. <laughs> cheers to that. Again, being able to applaud yourself. So I, um, I became licensed. Once I was licensed, um, I ended up moving to New York. That's a whole nother story, but... Okay, what part of New York? <laughs> that would be Harlem, Uptown. Yeah, one of the greatest <laughs> spots in New York One of the well. greatest spots. And so there I was also working in nonprofit work. Um, again, families working with um, Child Protective Services. Um, that's my heart. That's yeah. my passion. I love the kids. Um, I love adults now because I realize they are the kids that did not get the love that was needed. (laughs) Part two of the podcast. Part two. So um, I came back in 2019. I had one good year to adjust. And then 2020 came rolling around the corner. 
But um, that's when I started my practice, the beginning. Um, and that was a real testament of trusting yourself and following your spirit because I had no idea that came March 2020 that the whole world was going to be virtual and online. So I kind of had a little head start um, with that. It's almost perfect timing, though, uh-huh. in like this really unique way, because so many of us talk about, I mean, we're still in a pandemic, for sure. We're uh, still there. So many people talk about the direction people went uh, in the pandemic. Like the person who I was mm. February of the pandemic and who I am today, <laughs> I, it was it's it's unique to look back on. Uh, yeah. Even I don't even know that person anymore. Okay. So it's it's interesting to hear that you started at the beginning of the pandemic, and I I'm sure it picked up it during did. the pandemic. It, and it was something where I wasn't really ready because I wasn't ready for it to accelerate the way that it did. Because now I started January, so you think pandemic hit March. So when May, June, July, this is when we we were like, oh, we're still here. You know, we thought it was only going to be two weeks of fun. We get to stay home. We get to work oh, vac- home. Home vacation? Okay. okay. Right. May, June hit. Yeah. People really started, to, it started to sit in that I don't like my partner as much as I think I do. These kids, I'm looking at you all day. <laughs> Please go away. School, where are you? So we're homeschooling. We are working from home. We're seeing our partners more than anticipated. You know, um, even the commute, you never realize we complained about the commute, but the commute can also was also a way to kind of decompress before you came home, was able to kind of get your mind right before you got into work. It, it's, work was a, a separate space. Um, and now that we're at home, people were like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> this podcast may be two hours long because <laughs> there's just so many great points. Um, what I want you to talk about is as you were accelerating and you were recognizing that a lot of people were having, I don't want to say problems, but recognizing the adjustments needed. Right. What did that look like for you personally, but also professionally? Because as you just mentioned, you were starting your own practice. I'm sure you thought it would be more in a face-to-face, um, you know, uh, face-to-face, but then it turned into virtual. Well, I okay. started virtual. Oh, I started I, the curve. I started virtually and um, just for my own that's where my comfort level was. And then the plan was to do a hybrid, but Mm. I I couldn't, but I started off virtually. So again, when March, April hit, I was already ahead of my colleagues, you know, who were in the office, a good chunk of us were, uh, them were in the office. So for me, it was a lot of um, consulting with my colleagues who were there before and being okay with turning to them and saying, Hey, help me out. Like, hey, what does this look like? How does this feel? This is not right. Like this, people think in mental health as therapists, it's great. You you get to be your own boss. That's true. But you still need, I work silo, but you still need to be able to turn to someone and say, hey, let me bounce this off of you. You still really can't do this job alone. Um, so yeah, a lot of picking up the phone and saying, 
hey girl, how you how, how does what does this look like? How how are you feeling? Checking in with my colleagues too to make sure like am I tripping that this is becoming a lot? Um, and also for me understanding the balance with my caseload, knowing when because as a therapist it's important that I'm grounded and I do my own work. I have my own therapist and I encourage, I will always encourage everyone to get a therapist um, and understand that therapists are people too. You know, um, people look at us and say, you have it all together and you're just this. And it's like, no, I'm a human being. I make mistakes. I have road rage at times. <laughs> I get anxious. And so understanding that it's okay to say no and don't take, which clients can I take on? So that was the other unique part for me is understanding um, my capacity to say, I have already enough people with depression. I can't take on another client with depression. Okay. I have five people dealing with anxiety, three people over here dealing with their children, and this one's on the verge of being divorced. So I have to also look at how that I'm taking that energy on and how can I balance that myself? So it was, it was, it was tricky at times because I don't like to say no, because remember at the core, I want to help. I want to be able to give, but um, you can't, can't do it all. So you mentioned that, you know, you, you take on a certain type of client for yourself, right? You mentioned between anxiety, depression, um, work with, an individual and their kids or maybe marriage. How do you go about setting those boundaries for yourself so you can be the best version for yourself for others? Because I think, you know, I'll speak for myself. I recognize that through the pandemic, I had to set better boundaries mm -hmm. and something that um, I'm not used to. I enjoy people. I enjoy helping people. Uh, but at the same time, I recognize that sometimes you are going to take on everybody else's stuff and in a very roundabout way. Um, so it'd be interesting in your space, how do you go about setting that boundaries and also encouraging others to do so? I am a big proponent of self-care and really understanding, listening to your body. Our body speaks to us all the time, you know? Um, like, I'm warm right now, you know? I'm sweating a little bit, and it's... <laughs> A part of that is, you know, nerves. You know, I'm speaking on a topic that I love, but, you know, it's our, our first time together. So um, we don't slow down and don't honor what our bodies are telling us. And so we ignore our triggers. We ignore the red flags. We don't take time and tap into us first. And so you don't know what those boundaries look like. It, it becomes blurred lines, you know, and it's, well, this is what I always do. And, and, my friends are used to me always showing up. Mom is used to when I call, when she calls you, pick up, you drop. However, 2020 said, okay, slow, slow down for a second. And you had the opportunity to reflect and say, well, what is it that I need? Okay, so what I need to do is make sure that I'm doing my yoga every day. I need to work out. So not having the gym, I was a gym person. And so not being able to go there really threw me off because... That's how I was able to release everything that I carried for the day or to start my day off. So when you didn't, when I didn't have that, it was like, okay, so what does that look like? So now, so you have me in the home, I'm working, I'm taking on more. I'm taking, and it's not, it wasn't the normal anxiety. It was the pandemic anxiety because we didn't know what was next. So I'm not working out to release and ground myself <clears throat> 
So it was hard when my, again, when I talk about boundaries with the clients is understanding, okay, let me not take this on. Let me not answer this text message or pick up that phone call right now. Um, they will be okay. And so it's, un- <laughs> they will be okay because I'm not okay. So I wasn't, when I didn't have my tools, i.e. the gym, i.e. yoga, I realized, okay, internally it was like a roller coaster going in on, and it was the the t- 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 this part of it, you know. It's just like, okay, oh, I know, okay. <laughs> and so I had to slow down. I had to think outside the box. And the beach is my also favorite place, and I would go there a lot. And that was the one great thing about I was happy I was back in L.A. and not in New York is that I can go to the beach. I can go and hike. And being outdoors is really, really important because that sunshine, you know, it it's good for you and it's the vitamin D that now they say we need. <laughs> That we should get a lot of. So it was really making sure that I slowed down, that I was okay with slowing down and really listening. What do you need? Okay, you don't have the gym, so what does that look like? How are you holding space for others if you're not tapping in and taking care of yourself? Was there anything that you picked up during the pandemic in order to release? I mean, I started having to do yoga at home, and that was not... I'm used to the teacher, you know, adjusting you in person. And so that was, that was odd. Uh, It was just, everything was, and you have to understand when I'm now working via Zoom, talking to people via Zoom, it was Zoom fatigue became a thing, you know? So again, it was a balance of, I love yoga. It makes me feel good, but I have to mix that up with going to Runyon, going to the stairs, just getting outdoors meant more to me than I realized. It's funny you say that because um, my cousin and I were joking, especially during like the peak of the pandemic when California was really shut down. We were like, at least we're outside all the time. And I I couldn't imagine of what it was like uh, during the winter months of COVID and you can't go outside. Um, and as you mentioned, so much of our space in our homes was our boundaries for ourselves. So mm-hmm. when you brought the outside world in, if it was work, if it was athletics, you know, anything like that, it became this really strange place where you're like, everything's at home now. There was no break. No break. There was no break. Um, when you, I just thought when you said, what did I pick up? It was bike riding. I purchased a bike. Again, I'm a, an athletic kind of woman. And so it was like, I got to keep going because I, my, my spirit was low. It was, I'm an upbeat kind of woman and not being able to release and everything is inside. It was, okay, you're vibrating really low and that's, it's not feeling good. Um, people then turn to drinking. Um, because that was that was in the home. <laughs> I have never drank that much. I mean, I I was shocked. I was like, I don't even drink like this. But it was always like, let's zoom happy hour. Let's zoom and make these drinks. And so, if you <laughs> sorry, I'm having flashbacks because <laughs> that's exactly that's how, how it started. was. Yeah, everybody was at home. We know you're at home. I know we're we trying to do nothing. <laughs> let's get these tequilas going. Here we go. But when you add that with we're vibrating low. It's low grade depression, you know, like we're, and I say low grade meaning 
I'm not as happy as I wanted to be or I'm normally, you know, I'm sleeping a little bit more. You know, it was that a lot of people, their personal hygiene, they didn't realize how important that was. So when you're working from home and camera's off, I'm still in my pajamas and it's three o'clock. I was in these pajamas yesterday. You know, I haven't even brushed my teeth. I don't know the last time I saw the shower. That impacts your mood. Yeah, so (laughs) a lot of that was going on, coupled with drinking, coupled with, it just became a mess. And so understanding what is it that you, let me kind of, I would tell my clients, I want you to look at who you are right now in the pandemic, before the pandemic, while you're in it, and who you would like to see on the other end. Because there's going to come a time when this will go away. (coughs) Go away. Right, yeah. (laughs) Something like that. Something like that. But this is an opportunity. Tap into this. Like, what what would you like to see? You know, what are you going to, how are you going to challenge yourself? That's that Kobe mentality coming on. I mean, you know. <laughs> I hear it. I hear it in there. You know. It, so for your clients, you know, what are some of the things that you were telling them? Like, you know, I don't have any kids, but from the conversations that I was having with people, particularly with this kids not going to school, you know, what were the things that you were telling them when they needed to take a moment for themselves in the middle of all this chaos in their home, in their own domain that they've created? What were some tactics that you're saying, hey, try this, you know, as you mentioned, go find yourself. What would you say to someone that is looking to create more of a solidarity within themselves in such a unique time. And you know, it was really hard because depending on what that client had, does the client have a support system? Do they have a partner? Are you doing this by yourself? Is it you with one child, you with multiple children? All that looks different. So I always, I had to be mindful when I tell a mother take time to yourself. She doesn't know what that looks like. She has never been able to take time to herself because you're always in mommy mode. Um, We weren't communicating with our partners and saying, hey, I I need, like on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'm going to wake up a little bit earlier and spend 30 minutes going for a walk, 30 minutes on the Peloton, because that became everyone's best friend, Um, or 30 minutes, let me do some meditation, let me do some journaling, let me do something for me. And my question when I first meet my clients, what does self-care look like for you? And the second- That's a great question. And the second is, what is your support system? Because I'm only here with you one day for an hour, but I want to know how you take care of yourself outside of that. I'm not always going to be here. My role is to guide you, to challenge your thought process, to help help you have a better outlook on life. But the work comes from you. So what were you doing prior? And if you don't know, that's a topic of conversation. If you don't have a support system, how can we build that? So we're developing your toolbox. And what does that look like for you? No, I like that a lot because I think that's the thing. You know, all of us, we, we ask each other for advice but at the end of the day, we're all different. We're very similar, right? There may be things that we are all going through that are common, but everything does look different for yourself and, and asking yourself what you need and listening to your body. Um, as far as once you do have those conversations, is there any type of like routines that you encourage people to go through or implement for themselves so they can go through these, un, you know, these 
every day being awkward or strange or, you know, from a spouse standpoint, being there for them. So is there anything that you're encouraging people to try out or to do that? Communicate. Talk, open up the mouth and say, be honest with yourself about your wants and needs. And a lot of times we don't do that. Oh, he's going to think or she's going to think. But but inside you're you're not happy. You know, so how you start your day, how you end your day and a check in in the middle of the day. You know, how are you starting your morning off? I like to listen to affirmations. I like to repeat them. I'm a music person, so I like to put some music on. But again, if I'm talking to this mother, and I'm shout out to the women, I'm just going to use them as the example. Um, is this a single mother? Is this a mother with a partner? Are you co-parenting? Because I have to be mindful not to push her and say, wake up 30 minutes. I'm tired. I I just only got four hours and I wanted um, eight, you know, so to tell her to wake up early to do something that might not be, you know, feasible. Um, But always taking it back to how you start your day off is really going to be important. Maybe it's just having that cup of coffee by yourself looking outside the window. I don't know. That might just be what you need because before the kids get up, you're not going to have when the kids wake up, you're not going to be able to have that that cup of joe, you know? Right. And that cup could make or break that commute or could make, well, we weren't commuting then, but could make or break you now having to engage in how you work. Um, it might be midday going for a walk, you know? Once the kids are on their break, again, what age are we dealing with? Are we talking about babies, toddlers? Then it was just a lot of different moving parts when people were in the home. But starting with you, I'm I'm going to always push and challenge you to listen to what your spirit and soul needs. It needs something, and it's going to tell you, and it's going to show up either in anxiety, anger, frustration, being impatient. And we, we press that down and push it and brush it under the rug because we say, oh, that's just how I am. I've always been that way. I'm used to it. No, that's your body saying, I need a break. I, I love that you're saying that because that was something that um, I saw a lot of people do. They said, what do I need? And, you know, now as the, um, I don't know what to say, like now as the pandemic is at least not constraining us so much, we're starting to see people do things for themselves more. Like for myself, I took a trip uh, that I probably would have waited to take, but I knew that's what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, that anxiety that, oh, I need to go do this. It's released now. It's mm-hmm. over. It was, an, it was a great experience. And now I'm ready to go to the next chapter and next things that I want to go uh, attain. And such as like this podcast, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, but it's unique to see that because I've seen people snowboard more. Mm-hmm. I've seen people run now. And I'm like, it's, it's unique to see people taking that step back and saying, you know what? That can wait. I'll see you later. I got to go do this. Like I'm a big beach person as mm-hmm. well. There's just something about toes in the sand, here in the water, come it's up on the beach. just you in the ocean. That's it. And I look at that as your thoughts as the waves. They come, they go, release. Let it, just let it, let that take it out there with, out there with the tides, you know? Don't get caught up in the current, though, and that's what you. I that's, see what you did. There. <laughs> You're so funny. You know, 
We were caught up in the current yeah, yeah, of life right. and just spinning. Spinning everywhere. Everywhere. You know, and I don't know if you've ever been caught in one, but it'll throw you and you, you don't know where you're going to land. Um, and so I tell people even that self-care is Go to therapy. Come here. That's your self-care of putting in the day, when am I going to speak with my therapist? And in that conversation, you and I will work together to see, so what does this look like? What does your day look like? And where can you fit in? 30 minutes? 15. Let's even start off with that. Work your way up. And a lot of times, we were so hard and saying, it has to look a certain way. No, it needs to work for Marcus. It needs to work with what Maisha needs in your space, not what you see everyone TikToking and tweeting about. And you know, everyone was, at the time, we were making bread and we were watching um, Tiger King. Was that it? Oh, yeah. Was that it? That yes. Was that's what sucked us in. And that's what programmed us to, to do. But you need a little bit more than that. So my job is to figure out what does that look like for you? How do we get that? Even if it's coming to therapy, that's your self-care. Because in that process, it's a safe space and, and we will break down and figure out what you need. Because there was a point in time in life where something was working and you, and, and, and you gave yourself what you needed, but we lost it because we were in that current I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, I may, <laughs> I may use that myself uh, when I talk to people. Um, just this has just been a, a beautiful conversation. Um, as we wrap this up, um, I always like to ask people three questions. Um, you know, this this pandemic obviously helped you reach the goals and <laughs> and your own aspirations and dreams, and as you mentioned, accelerated. From March 6, 2020 mm. to, what's today, 25th, 26th? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. But where did you see yourself growing the most within those two years? Are we talking professionally or? Feel free to answer <laughs> however you would like. Um, professionally, I was challenged, you know. Um, again, it was the balance of being able to have to say no, that I, I that's really just hard for me to, to do. It was hard for me to do. My therapist has helped me work through that. Of understanding that boundaries can be good. Not, it doesn't have to be a firm. It can be a little soft. Some people need firm. Some people need to, it can be flexible. I, like I say with anxiety, you have good anxiety and bad anxiety. Anxiety has such a bad rap. It's just like, oh my God, I have anxiety. And <laughs> But I had anxiety coming here because this is a good thing. I get to talk about something I love. Anxiety of, I have to go sit now on the 10 freeway and go east. I'm not looking for it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but just really, you know, for me, it was making sure that I was feeding into myself, making sure that I was going, getting out, going to the beach, going and working out so that I can hold that space for my clients because I can't bring that into the room. I'm no good to you if, if I'm not grounded myself. So I was really challenged of finding balance um, especially being, an, I'm used to having a support system of corporate America, of a manager, supervisor. I became the CEO, the CFO, the HR, the IT, the therapist. So it was a lot. It was, you know, understanding what my day looks like and being able to turn my phone off and say, no. I, no. That was it. That's, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm I'll done. see y'all tomorrow. I cannot talk to anyone else today. No, and I, I think that's great as well because um, 
I want to, for a quick second, I love how you mentioned anxiety is okay, mm. right? Like I, myself, I know a lot of people when we get worked up, we think something's wrong. We're humans. Like accept that you are going to have feelings, but it's all about what you do with those feelings and those thoughts. Um, briefly, can you, can you touch on the difference between bad and good anxiety for someone that's listening? Yes. Um, it goes back to the body. You know, when we know, we feel it. And so you have that split second of saying, am I going to stop, remove myself from the situation? And removing yourself is going to look different. If I'm home, I may... I have to go to the restroom real quick. I'll be right back. And then I go in there and I... I heard that tactic. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know it was real. I had a homeboy tell me, he was like, you know, sometimes I'll say I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, quick, excuse and I'll be me. in I there to, for like yeah, 30 minutes. Go I'm in like, there. That's your thing? That's a long time. But I mean, but do what you got to do, partner. Make it work. But, I, you know, go in there. And that's when um, I always encourage clients in your phone. We have these little mini phones, these smartphones. In there, in your notes section... Create mantras, create affirmations. Um, I'm big on crystals, so I have my crystals with me. Um, have a playlist that you can go to and listen to real quick and, you know, shake that off. Mm -hmm. Or at least you might not be able to shake it off, but at least honor and say, okay, that's what's going on right now in this moment. What, how am I going to protect myself when I get out of this bathroom and go back into a situation that's still going? Mm -hmm. You know, understanding I, why am I anxious being able to connect the dots and leave it there in the bathroom if we can, you know, put it on pause, let anxiety know we're not taking, I'm not taking you back out there. I'll check back in when I get out of the situation, but right now I need you to move over. I love that. Um, you're really big on celebrations. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mentioned, you mentioned a few times, uh, you know, acknowledging and being proud of the things that you have overcome or the things that you have reached. What are some things you do to celebrate your, your own wins and your own successes? I like to, like we were doing earlier, just being able to be vulnerable and say it out loud. Um, I can be very private and sometimes you don't know how that's going to benefit another and just hearing myself say out loud like yeah I did pass the exam on the first try it's not a matter of me leading with the ego but I'm proud of myself but that's what you build upon so if I don't ever hear myself celebrating myself patting myself on the back what am I building on am I building on that anxiety that I tried to leave in the bathroom <laughs> am I trying to build on that current that I'm stuck in so how am I building myself up because I'm all I got so it's being able to hear and share, you know, sharing is, is okay. You know, sometimes we overshare, we see that on social media, but there's also, it's a beauty in hearing a black woman be able to say to another black woman or black man, like, it's okay. I got your back. I did this. This is where I failed. We we're as black people, we are afraid to say where we failed and messed up or made mistakes because society is so hard on us and we feel that we have to be the perfect. We got to be the best at all times. And that comes across as that that can be anxiety provoking, you know. We don't leave room for error. And error is also where growth comes in. You make the mistake, you know, we What's that old saying? You don't keep doing the same thing to get the same results. So when you see yourself, you keep burning yourself over and over. Take a step back. Reflect. What am I doing? How am I 
what am I bringing into this situation to allow myself to get burned? And how do I protect myself? Absolutely love it. Last question. Where are you going to be from two years from now? Two years from now? You know, I like to, I want to be in Costa Rica, <laughs> if you really want to know. Yeah, right? That sounds nice. Doing yoga and having like a wellness somewhere down there. But if not in Lamert Park, um, I would like to <laughs> open up a wellness center. Um, and what that looks like is being able to provide mental health services. Um, I would like to have become a yoga certified teacher by then. Um, and yeah, talk more about healing. I think that's really important. And healing, um, that looks different for you from what it looks like for me. But I want to have and hold space for people to be able to come, um, especially in the black community, because that was the one good thing about 2020 is that it highlighted mental health because understand what was going on. We had a certain person in the office. We had George Floyd. We had Breonna Taylor. It was, it was rapid. It was nonstop. And I remember thinking like, wow, the universe is really, really pushing and challenging and highlighting a lot of things within the black community. How do you show up and either A, go into the office with all that or be log on um, to a Zoom and have to be perfect and be on top. And it's okay to say like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay and I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And it's, it's a just heavy load that we were carrying. So um, I always want to be that safe space for, for everyone. But, you know, I also realize as a black woman what people that look like me need. I don't know how to end a podcast better than that. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'm excited for you. Thank uh, you. As I, we've we've passed, we've crossed paths a few times. Every single time, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Yes. Uh, I'm excited for you. I learned so much today, um, <laughs> and congrats on all the success and taking that chance on yourself. And Thank I you. I I could definitely see you with your own wellness center and it being very popular. Uh, and I think a lot of people would enjoy their time in that space as well. So I, I wish nothing but the best for you. Well, and you. it will be interesting to check in in two years from now to see the podcast happening in your wellness center because that would be really cool. And I definitely could see that happening. Yeah, you know, and I might have two. I might have one in Costa Rica and one in Lamert Park. I mean, don't limit We're yourself. We're going to do the podcast in Costa Rica then. Right, don't limit yourself. Go big, you know? Absolutely love it. Again, thank you so much for your no, time No, thank today. you for having me. I appreciate this. This was wonderful.